Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I am the one whom you heard news reported from the North Wall about, therefore, proceeding uh, what you previously knew of those coming from the North. I am the imperfect dad. All right. Yikes. Sorry about that. Tracy and I just got done watching another episode of Game of Thrones, and uh, sometimes it gets in my head, and I speak in the accent a little more than I should, probably. But, wow, it is November 1st. Was I not just talking about how excited I was that it was October? Um, happy Halloween, y'all. First of all, before I even get into that, we have now hit like 250 followers on the Facebook page and 90 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Are you for real right now? Uh, I am for real. I just looked at the numbers like five minutes ago. Uh, every time I look, there's new followers, there's new subscribers, and it makes me so very happy. Thank you so much for your support, for your encouragement, for your participation in the poll questions and everything. We did a poll question for this episode. We'll get to the answers at the end of this episode. And guys, I am just, I am proud to be a part of this imperfect dad, imperfect mom, this imperfect parent family that we are forming here. It's a beautiful thing. And so thank you so, so much. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. Click the little red subscribe button under the video on the YouTube channel. Subscribe. You'll get updates when I post new videos and things. And if you haven't already, like The Imperfect Dad on Facebook. You can just search The Imperfect Dad or put in at Dad Imperfect. And then the same goes for Instagram and Twitter, at Dad Imperfect. Follow me on those things. I'm always putting up um, really cool little pictures with some sayings on them and uh, cute little videos and funny videos. So I think you'll enjoy it if you follow those things. So hop on that. But anyways, hopefully you all had a safe Halloween. Man, I tell you what, we love Halloween in our household. We had so much fun. We had a little baby who was just in a spooky little Halloween onesie and she was just could it eating her up. Super cute. And then we had a little four-year-old girl. Uh, I'm saying this as though we were like watching children. I'm talking about my daughters here. If you're new to the, to the podcast, I have three daughters. Um, and our four-year-old, she wanted to go as Sophia the First with a crown on and uh, that was like glow in the dark. And then um, she had a little wand and a little stuffed unicorn that she ended up not bringing out with her. But anyways, so she looked unbelievably cute. And then our oldest wanted to be a horse rider, as she calls it. I kept trying to tell her it's not a horse rider, it's a cowgirl. But she insisted on horse rider. She doesn't really want anything to do with cows at this point, I guess. She's just obsessed with horses. And so she looked super cute in her little... Her little honky-tonk get up. She had a little 
flannel shirt on and cowgirl hat and a bandana around her neck and cute little blue jeans and some cowgirl boots. Needless to say, they were all the cutest kids in Nashville. And sorry if you have kids and you live in Nashville and you did Halloween last night. Um, I'm just kidding. Yours were probably equally as cute. But anyways, we had a good time. My wife loaded us up with glow sticks, wrapped them around our necks, our heads, our wrists, our ankles, our waists, so that we could be seen by cars. I said, honey, I think this might be a bit excessive. And she said, no, people fly down these roads. And, and um, as the story went, they were flying down the road. And so I'm so thankful. Uh, people, if uh, likely, um, it's, it's highly unlikely that any of the people who were flying down the road last night are listening to this podcast. But if you are, uh, you better not let me find you in the streets because you're driving too fast, okay? You're putting my kids and all these kids in danger. Stop driving so fast down these residential streets. It's like 25 mile an hour speed limit, dude. You're going like at least 50, dog. And you're going in those stupid little fart mobiles, those little like lowered Civics with the spoiler that's like five feet higher than the car. And it's just like, <laughs> it just sounds like a big fart just going down the road. <sighs> Anyways, sorry. Had to get my dad ran on for a second. But anyways, Halloween, we had a good time. I've eaten uh, twice my body weight in candy, and um, it's only been about a day. So things are not looking good for my sugar intake, but things are looking good for my taste buds. And my energy level, as you could probably tell, is spiking. So uh, I am super excited that it's November 1st because I am one of those people that a lot of you probably despise. I started listening to Christmas music today. In fact, if we can be totally honest, this is a little trust nest here. Um, I started listening to Christmas music like a week and a half ago. Unintentionally, Eddie, uh, my four-year-old, put in a Christmas CD into the DVD player thinking that it was a movie, and we started listening to Otis Redding singing Christmas songs, and it was absolutely wonderful and marvelous, and I loved it, and I don't regret a second of it, and if you're hating on me, and if you're hating on people who start celebrating Christmas around November 1st, you are not an American, and you're probably not a Christian either. So, um, we started listening to Christmas music today. Think of it like this, okay? I heard a lot of people that say things like this, and my, my sister-in-law is like this. Um, she likes to get up, and a lot of people that I know, they like to get up early, super early, before the kids get up, before uh, their significant other gets up, and they like to have a little cup of coffee and just kind of sit quiet and and just enjoy the day enjoy enjoy the things around them maybe read a book or maybe just sit in silence and just listen sit outside listen to birds and stuff they like to do that to get a jump on things before everybody gets up and it starts getting real chaotic and crazy okay and that makes sense i get that that's what i do for christmas it starts getting crazy starting like black friday and going on so i like to start november 1st and get some peace and quiet Christmas time in where I can just listen to my Christmas music, my Bing Crosby, my Andy Williams, my Perry Como, my Dino, Dean Martin, Nat King Cole, all that stuff. Sometimes I mix in a little bit of Mariah Carey Christmas. I like the CeeLo Christmas uh, album. It's super good. My wife loves the NSYNC Christmas album, which I'm not that big fan of, but it's good. If it's Christmas, I dig it. So 
Anyways, I like to get it all started a little bit. And plus, it goes so fast. You know, January 1st comes, and I'm like, where'd Christmas go? So, anyways, we are going to be getting our Christmas tree this weekend, and I'm not going to apologize to anybody about that. I'm actually going to say, you're welcome. I'm bringing in the Yuletide season early. And, uh, anyways, super excited about that. Absolutely love Christmas. Love this whole time. Um, it's such a exciting time and, and I just love being with family and eating all kinds of food and just celebrating the wonderful blessings that we have. It's incredible. And so anyways, but tonight we went to, uh, we had to go get some winter coats and we went to the mall the other day and all of the coats are like $300. No joke. They're like 300. I'd be like, oh, this one looks like it'd be pretty affordable. And I'd go up and look at the price tag and it was like, uh, this is $4,000. And I'm like, I'm in Pacific Sunwear. Why is this uh, this expensive? And so it was crazy. So we said, we're not getting any of these. And I, I found a pair of shoes that I liked. I went up and I was like, oh, these would be pretty affordable. $130 for just a low top Adidas, pair of Adidas. Oh my gosh. There's, there's no way. The only way I'm paying $130 for a pair of shoes is if they're gold-plated. Gold-plated everything. You know what I'm saying? They got grills on them. That I'm not buying them for... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not spending that money on anything other than that. I'm not even going to buy gold-plated shoes. Why would I need gold-plated shoes? The only thing I would spend $130 on is maybe some work boots or something where I'm going to like invest in them for years, right? They're going to serve me well. They're serving a purpose for years. Ain't no way in heck I am spending 130 bucks on some casual go-fasters. You feel me? Not doing it. So anyways, we went to Burlington Co. Factory tonight, but before we went there, we went to a little place in Nashville called Baja Burrito. Now, Baja Burrito is like Chipotle, except better. Super fresh ingredients, and um, it's just one location here in Nashville, and a little taco spot. It's super good hipster town usa i'm talking that place smells like wool sweaters vinyl and pilgrim shoes that's what that place smells like but the food is absolutely amazing and i love it so much and the girls love it and uh we went there tonight and as we were leaving tracy and i had this moment and it was just beautiful I was holding Nellie's hand and I had I ha I was holding Nellie's hand on my my on my left side and I was holding uh Georgia our baby in the car carrier and my other arm Tracy was holding Eddie's hand and as we approached the car our van from oh, across the parking lot we the kids that we had I was on the left side of the, the car and Tracy was on the right side of the car and we each had the kids who needed to get in on the opposite sides of the car. So we did this thing where we just looked at each other and we just kind of nodded in like understanding that we need to switch the kids whose hands we're holding right now to get into the car. We just did this nonverbal thing. She slid her arm up under the car, the car carrier arm, just effortlessly took it from my arm. I slid Nellie off. She slid Eddie. She came through like a just a, a well-oiled machine, came through just a soft catch into my hand with her hand and swept them all into the van in one sweeping motion. And it was literally like a Russian ballet. It was 
unbelievable. My wife, my wife said when we got in the van, we didn't even we didn't even acknowledge it to each other how incredible it was because we had to kind of like just drink it in. And we we sat down and I started the van and I started to pull out and I looked at her, and she said, "We have officially reached G status as parents of three kids." And I said, "You know what, babe? Number two things. Number one, you've never been more smoking hot right now than right now. Number two." You've never spoken a truer word than what you just said. G status initiated, okay? We just, it's just this unspoken communication. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I know some of y'all out there know what I talk about. You, you just get to this, you get into this rhythm, and it feels good. It doesn't always work, but when it does, man, it works, and it feels so good. This dude, no joke, was driving past us in, in a minivan as well, assuming he was a dad maybe i don't i don't want to assume right uh but he was driving a minivan and we did it and i kind of looked over my shoulder everything went into slow-mo right just straight up slow-mo perry como that's what they call me dope and so i i put my head a tilt look over my shoulder and this dude is driving by with his jaw dropped looking at us and i just kind of you already know what it is, dude. <laughs> it's a well-oiled machine, the Frame family. Okay. Oh man, it was just—it was such a—it was such a sweet moment, and I love it because sometimes things get super crazy. Actually, ninety-five percent of the time, things are super crazy, and so when you have little moments like that, things just click, and uh, it's just fun. It's really sweet. But um, it was uh. Really nice evening that we had. We ended up getting a couple coats. I got a coat for $30. Tracy got a coat for a little bit more than that. It was around like $60, $70. But they're great. They they're, serve the purpose just like those $1,000 jackets that we saw at the mall. And uh, we have some money to you know put away for our kids' college education still. So that's exciting. Um, I had an epiphany the other day. And... I'm always getting on my girls about put your stuff away when you're done using it, right? You get a toy out, put it away before you get another toy out. And I know that it's not always going to work. And by that, I mean it never really works. But I, I know in my head, like beforehand, I'm not expecting it, them to do that every time. But I'm just always trying to remind them of that. I had this moment the other day where the girls left their bicycles and their bike helmets and the chalk and the little skateboard and a bunch of things out in the driveway. And um, I walked out and I saw the things and I started getting like frustrated with them. And I said, girls, how many times do I have to tell you, put your stuff away when you are done, right? Because they weren't using any of it anymore. And it was getting close to having to come inside. And I said, get this stuff and put it away. And I saw, my daughter didn't say anything, my oldest daughter. She didn't say anything. But she turned and looked in this certain direction. And then she looked back at me, not like in a snarky way, not, not in like a smart alecky way. She just looked back at me. And I kind of was taken aback for a moment. And she, you know, was putting the stuff away and, our four-year-old was putting the stuff away. And I looked over where she was looking at, and my my grill was out. The little chimney that I start the charcoal in was out. Uh, 
little camping chair was out. A IBC root beer glass bottle was out. And I thought, you hypocrite. Joel, you are truly the imperfect dad because I am telling my kids to do something that I myself am not doing, right? Our kids, we are our kids' example, okay? We are the example for our kids. Our, our kids learn basically everything from us until they start really getting up into school and they start getting you know their lives spoken into by other things, which is scary in and of itself. Um, we are their example. And so I had this moment, uh, this pride check, this moment of humility where I just thought, dude, you cannot expect your kids to do the things that you yourself don't do. And so I had to sit Nellie and Eddie down really quick. And I said, girls, I'm really sorry. I've been asking you to do this, but I haven't been doing it myself. So if you could hold me accountable too, have me put my stuff away as you're putting your stuff away. If you see something that I've left out as well. And I said, don't go overboard with it. Cause I've done this before where I like give them the rights to, you know, hold me accountable with something and they get a little accountability happy. Okay. They go over the top a little bit and I have to reach a point where I go, okay, I get it. Daddy doesn't mean that you can just start running the show, okay? But I said, hold me accountable. Have me put my things away too. If you see things out that need to be put away. And they said, okay, daddy. They're so sweet. And they're really forgiving when I ask them for forgiveness. And um, that's another thing. Our kids learn about grace, compassion, forgiveness, um, all of these things, empathy, and, and then the other things, you know, anger, dealing with frustration, conflict resolution, or not resolving conflict. They learn all of those things from us. And so we have to be on our toes about making sure that we are, we are setting the example and we are displaying moments of very real, very raw, very tangible moments of grace and compassion, forgiveness, both giving forgiveness and asking for forgiveness. We have to do those things in front of them. We have to resolve conflict in front of them. Uh, Tracy and I try not to argue in front of the girls. We don't really argue that much anyways, but when we do, we try not to argue too much in front of the girls if we know it's going to be like a pretty heated conversation or a sensitive subject they don't really need to hear about. But we do have little, um, you know, spats, if you will. And we do have those in front of the girls. Um, we don't use language or anything like that, but we have little spats and so that, and then we resolve the conflict, okay? And now somehow I've been deemed the bad guy in these situations um, and my four-year-old who just has a heart of gold always, no matter what, Tracy could stab me in the face with a rusty spoon and Eddie would go, Daddy, what'd you do? Why did you make mommy sad? And I'd be like, I didn't do anything. I walked in the kitchen. She stabbed me in the face with a rusty spoon. I need medical attention. And she would be like, no, daddy, don't, don't do that. Don't make mommy cry. And I'm like, 
I didn't make her cry. She's crying about something else. She's crying about something that happened today at work. We're just speaking. <sighs> little cutie, little sweetie cakes. I just love her to death. But anyways, um, back to back to life, back to reality. Going back to what I was saying, we have to do these things in front of our kids. And we have to try and resolve conflict in front of our kids. We have to um, extend grace and mercy and forgiveness and love to those around us in front of our kids. Empathy, all of these things, they have to see it. We have to model it for them. And um, so I'm always trying to make sure that I'm being very, very aware of that. And I'm, I had that, that it's crazy how little crazy things like that, um, they open up this bigger kind of revelation, this bigger epiphany, right? So it just started with the charcoal grill and a little chimney and, and a, you know, a root beer on the ground and just made me start really thinking deep. And I think we have to have moments like that as parents. We have to find these little moments that kind of open up these profound thoughts that bring us back to baseline, back down to earth, back down a little bit and make us go, uh, remember, these little eyes are watching us and these little ears are hearing us and these little mouths are saying the things that we are saying, okay? We always have to remember that and it's tough and I fail all the time, but let us try and be cognizant of that. That's my encouragement for you all. But I want to finish this one up with a poll question that I asked a couple days ago on the Facebook page, and I put a little video up asking it on Instagram. See if you follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dad Imperfect, then you'll see these poll questions. You'll get to join in. It's super fun. It's funny reading all the stuff that people write. But the last question that I did was, um, what's the funniest, craziest, most embarrassing thing that your child has said in public? And um, I got some super funny responses and some that are like, that were pretty tough, but they're just, you got to laugh because it's kids, right? I mean, kids, it's just, there's no filter. And... Uh, <laughs> Man, there is no filter, and it's it's just really funny. We have to remember that innocence and that purity and just giggle at it, even when they say things that are pretty embarrassing because it's super funny. But anyways, um, Beth wrote in that she and her husband were at church, and they had a little they have a little son, and he was four at the time, and they went up for communion, and as they went up, as Beth and her husband were going up for communion, the four-year-old, I guess, was like coloring or something in the pew. And uh, he looked up and he said, where are you guys going? And they said, we're, we're going up to take communion. And he said, uh, could you bring me back a sample? Dude, when I read that, <laughs> I about died. It's so simple, but it's so funny. What a funny four-year-old. That's a hilarious thing to say. Can you bring me back a sample of the communion? Oh my gosh. What is this, Sam's Club? I just, I think that's so funny. The kids just, they just have these thought processes that are just absolutely ridiculous. And it's so funny. It's so funny. I think Saturday Night Live should start 
hiring like four-year-olds to write because it's not funny anymore. And if they used four-year-olds to write, it would probably get back to being funny because it's just these really raw, real, like basic things that are just real life funny. I love that. Can you uh, bring me back a sample of uh, Christ's body? Man, gosh, that is funny. Anyways, thanks, Beth, for writing that one in. And then um, Caleb had a friend coming over, and he these uh, he described this friend as at at the time was um, a little bit overweight, and so the person walked in, and his three year old ran up and said, uh, "said you have a big belly," and the they were really close, so but the kid had never said to the, this to this friend, and the friend <laughs> was stunned but laughed. Caleb said. And looked down and said, what did you just say? And Caleb attempted to put his mouth over the, over the three-year-old's, uh, or attempted to put his hand over the three-year-old's mouth and, and stop them from saying it again. But as children do, uh, the kid got it out before the hand got to the mouth. And so they said it even louder. I said, you have a really big belly. And um, needless to say, Caleb was super embarrassed, but... He said, the kid's three years old, three years old. What the heck are you going to do about it? And the answer is nothing because they are just going to sometimes they're just going to say the things that come out and uh, definitely not by any means laughing at this person's, uh, you know, physical state, but just laughing at the just kids just not knowing at all that they can't say certain things. And uh he said they all had a good laugh. That it was that it was a it was a funny thing. But anyway, so thanks, Caleb, for that one. And uh, the last one is similar to that last one. Uh, Brittany, she wrote that she and her husband and their little five year old were going on a float trip in Missouri. Which Brittany, I'm guessing, was is like a tubing thing. Um, I'm thinking. Because she, I think she said that it was a float trip down a river in Missouri. So I guess a tubing or kayaking or something. Anyways, they were going down to Missouri. And uh, they got on the bus. And the bus driver smiled at their little guy. And he said, uh, or she, I don't, I don't know if it was son or daughter, but the, the little kid, five years old, said, um, how come you didn't brush your teeth today? And Brittany said that the driver's teeth were were pretty brown. They were pretty stained and pretty brown. And so they were both just, uh, they could have died right there because their little five-year-old just saw some brown teeth and said, hey, I know how you can fix that. Uh, take a little toothbrush, a little toothpaste. They'll be white as snow. So he was thinking... Or she was thinking that they could help out this this driver and um, ask this driver with brown teeth, why didn't you brush your teeth today? Man, thanks, Brittany, for writing that one in. I definitely had a lot of fun reading these things. I had one, and I'm going to end on this. Um, so I have this thing, and I've, I've spoken with other people about it. I thought about joining a group, but I don't think it's necessary. Um, just kidding. I hadn't thought about joining a group on this, but uh, 
I've met some other people, a lot of other people who suffer from the same thing. When I see cute things, I want to squeeze them. I want to throw them through the wall. I want to eat them. I want just, but especially baby toes, dude. Like my kids' toes are the cutest little things ever. I just want to put them, I just want to flour, salt, pepper, a little garlic powder, a little cayenne, a little chili powder, and just make a little uh, dry, you know, um, uh, breading, and then put some eggs and milk in a bowl, a little dredge, and then just just take the toes, pop them in, fry them up real quick, and just like popcorn shrimp, just eat those puppies up. I love it. And it's just, it's this cute overload. I just remember Tiny Toons, the little character Elmira, and she would she would see cats or she would see little animals and she would squeeze them and she'd say, I want to hug you and kiss you and love you and squeeze you. And, and she'd squeeze them and their eyes would pop out and it was like everything that they could do to just get away from her. Um, she seemed like a crazy person, but truth be told, I feel like that. I just, I want to squeeze little cutie, little cuties. And I actually looked up, um, why is that? And there was a study done, um, the, the article was uh, like January 24th, 2013 or 2014. And it was a student from Yale, uh, Rebecca Dyers, I think. And she had done this study on cute aggression and found that it was like a really valid thing that all kinds of people experience this, that when they're, when they're shown something super cute, that their reaction is aggressive. So they would they took a sample of a bunch of people and when they would show them cute pictures of like puppies and things, they the common response would be like, oh, I just want to eat it or growling, right? And even today I spoke at um I spoke at one of the universities here and I had my girls with me and afterward I was holding Georgia and about 30 of the students all separately when they saw her, they were just like, ah, Oh, she's so cute. And they were aggressive. And I was like, yo, stay away from my baby, dude. But inside I was like, I get it. I get you. Okay. I understand. I'm not crazy. And so they found in this study that what happens um, psychologically is that our, um, I don't mean to get all scientific on y'all, but you know how I do sometimes, is psychologically uh, when our brain is met with something that's like super cute and way too cute for our brain to handle, it kind of tries to balance it out or counteract it with something aggressive, an aggressive thought. And also, it is a frustration that when we see a little picture of like a cute puppy or a baby or something or a baby that's not ours, we, we feel the need to take care of that thing or kiss it or smell it or something. And since we can't do it, we just like, it's this frustration that comes out. And anyways, long story short, I'm always saying crazy things to my kids because they're so stinking cute. So I, you know, when I kiss Eddie, I'm like, you better watch out. If you get any closer to me, you look so cute right now. I might throw you uh, halfway to Ecuador. I say crazy things like that. I'm going to, um, you know, 
I'm going to put you in the frying pan, fry you up, and I'm going to eat you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the next three days. That sounds crazy, but they're just so cute. And anyways, when Nellie was little, well, more little than she is now, uh, she was about three. And I used to, when I would kiss her, her little lips were so cute. So I would always say, I just want to bite your lips off. They're so cute. And she'd be like, ah, daddy, no. And then I'd be like, ah, right. You know, dad stuff. And just joking around, obviously. And um, anyways, we were out at Kroger and around that time period. And she was getting, she kept grabbing candy off the shelf. And I kept saying, put it back, put it back. And so I finally got a little more stern. And I said, Nellie, do not take another thing off of that shelf. And she said, or else you're going to bite my lips off. And all these people were around and they looked and I was like, <laughs> what? No. Why would you say that? Bite your lips off. I've never said that before. I don't know. She's, she's crazy. It's not my kid. It's a, I'm babysitting. So her dad must say that to her. I was mortified. I was so embarrassed. And then I had another talk that was like, hey, there's certain things that you can't just say um, out like that because that's just a cute little thing that we do in the family, right? And so um, we had to have a talk that day about that. So, but you know what? I'm loud and I'm proud with it now. I am not ashamed to say anymore that I have cute aggression. And obviously I will never act on that. I will never fry up uh, baby toes, but I just think they're so stinking cute. I just want to hug them and love them and squeeze them and kiss them. They're so cute. Anyways, if I haven't lost all of you at this point, thank God. I, uh, I love you all so much. Episode six. I can't believe this is episode six, y'all. Let's see. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Four more, and we're at 10, or I guess three more, and we're at 10. But four more, we have we will have recorded 10. Regardless, I am so thankful for you all. I love you all so very much. To all the new subscribers, I'm getting followers from all over the country now, um, people who aren't connected through friends or anything, and I am just so excited. I'm so thankful. Thank you so much for following and um, please make sure that you share the videos, share the podcast. If, you're, if you listen on iTunes, please, if you could, rate it with the stars, um, preferably five-star rating, but whatever rating you please, please, whatever rating that you please. And uh, write a review. That helps a lot. It really helps a lot. iTunes looks at those things, and so it's really important. Um, that I get more of those. And so I appreciate that. And like I said, if you haven't already, subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dad Imperfect. Let's connect. Let's chat. Let's laugh about things. Let's cry about things. Let's share stories. Uh, I love you all so much. You are quickly becoming my imperfect family. And um, I am so excited about that. And so for my family, to you and yours, we love you. We wish you an early Merry Christmas and Happy Thanksgiving. And we just, uh, man, 
I'll see you guys. Actually, I'm not going to be doing a video podcast next week. I'm not going to be doing a podcast. My parents are coming into town, so I'm going to give us a week off. Give me a week off. Give you all a week off. And um, give some, give everybody some time to catch up on the old podcast episodes and get caught up. And we will come back firing the week after that with episode seven. I love you all. Uh, goodbye. Good luck. Godspeed. My name is Joel Frame. This is the Imperfect Dad, and I am signing out. I'm signing out now. <laughs>